Welcome to We're Talking Bears, where we bring you the latest in the Chicago Bears experience. I'm uncle, nephew, and I'm son, and we're talking bears. Thank you so much for everybody who's been rocking with us from day one. Uh, we just hit 100 subscribers on YouTube. So, you know, thank you for all the likes, shares, subscribes. Uh, and keep rocking with us. We're going to be covering every week, as we always do, uh, everything that comes through on the Chicago Bears franchise. So uh, this is uh, week nine. Nine, yeah. So uh, the Saints, uh, man, this was, a, this was a tough game. This was a tough game to watch. This was a tough game to, to see that, that kind of disappointment at the end. Um, Man, uh, you know what you guys what you guys feeling after that? Hurt, man. I'm just tired, man. You know, I I really had a lot. Of, I, every week I've got reason to hope. And this week, I, my reason to hope was the big uh, Montez Sweat signing. Um, and I'm, you know, my hope was that uh, our defense could get the lift from Sweat that our run defense, our pass defense, I should say, could get the lift from Sweat that our run defense got from Billings. And, and and inside, I mean, Billings is unstoppable. There's so much film of him destroying single and double teams and taking down running backs being a scrimmage. And we have the best uh, run defense by yards and best run defense by yards per carry in the NFL. But, um, you know, I'm, I was hoping that Sweat could make that same type of impact. Not that he was out there and he was he was doing his thing, but. You know, the, 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 the reality when you when when you sit back, how many times was he to the quarterback inside of three seconds, but the ball was gone? You know, I mean, if you can get past the 300 plus pound six foot six dude inside of three seconds and it's fruitless because your boys can't cover for two. This is that they can't. The I just think that they're not like the scheme that we have is not just, it's not predicated around making quick pressure, right? We're supposed to be getting coverage sacks, but we won't press at the line in a cover two base defense. So you're not jamming people off the line. Like even in a red zone, we had Jalen Johnson sitting 10 yards off of Chris Olave or whatever it was. Like wh why? Press them at the line, get them off their routes, mess up the timing, influence these receivers so that the quarterback has to hitch, has to wait, has to hold the ball and watch and see where his, his guys are going to come free and where the windows are. And that's when you get to the quarterback, but we're not, there's no synergy between what the front end is doing and what the back end is doing. And, yeah. and that, that I'm going to say that's, I'm going to give you that's part of it, but there's a consistency on who's wide open as far as who's covering people. Right. There, there, there's a consistency. And, you know, I think even we, we talked about it last week and even they, they pulled Stevenson for a reason, you know, um, and, well, he and part of him off. Yeah, yeah. Well, my bad. Um, but, you know, you, you look and um, it, it's just, I, I don't like what's happening in our defense. It's one thing to let, a two or three yard pass happen in front of you. It's another thing. It's a 10, 15 yard pass. It's another thing where a guy's so wide open on a five yard route that he's going to get 12 yards before you even get a hand on him. This is just, it, it's, it's not working. And, you know, if, if that's intentional, that's even worse. It, it so literally your your concept is you're going to be so far off these pros that you're just giving them the short pass every time then you know that's let's just call it ridiculous because yeah i can anybody can step in and nickel and dime you know wide open dudes you know they don't you don't i can't throw like these guys and I can do it. They jump up and get my off-target ball <laughs> because it's so far. It's ridiculous. It's it's you know they, you, there's got to be uh, uh, some change in both. If it, if it's not performance and our guys are good enough to do the job, then then it's then it's coaching and it's the decision and the strategy. The question the question being, uh, you know, how does how does Eberflus want this to be played? Because Either you can take away the short passes, have your corners and your linebackers play up and, and play those those short zones in that cover two that he likes so much and 
what happens then is you you end up with holes behind them before you get to the safeties. Well, then you got to trust your safeties. So we've had a lot of injuries. We've had a lot of backup safeties going. So I understand kind of sitting back trying to not to give up the big play. But at that point, you got to send blitzes. You got to make sure that you're doing something to get the quarterback off his rhythm and timing. And we're not we're not usually seeing that. Like there's been a couple here and there. You know, you'll see some cornerback blitzes since since Allen Williams left. There's been a lot more of that. But at the same time, it's like it's not what I what I'd expect to see when against our pass game. Let me argue with that for a second, just from the standpoint of if I can afford to send two extra guys to blitz, because usually when we blitz, we send six. Because there's already four rushes. If I can afford to send two extra guys, why can't I afford to be a little tighter with the four that are out there now that I've got Montez Sweat rushing too? Why can't I afford to be a little tighter on these dudes? Sweat only got here, what, Tuesday, Thursday, something like that? Well, he was, he was in for like three, four days. Like He only played like certain third downs and whatnot. So yeah, I don't think yeah. he was really out there to be affecting the plays on first and second down when you really have these big windows and these soft coverages. Because that's the plays where you're – this is an open down pretty much. You're That's when you shoot for the fence. And they really – and the Saints really didn't take a lot of deep shots. It was, you know. So – You don't have to. Yeah, at what point do you look back at the halftime uh, break and say, hey, well, you know, they're killing us over the middle. They're killing us short. Uh, why don't we play this tight? Why don't we? Why don't we move our linebackers up? Why don't we? Why don't we have some safeties in the box? And- yeah, I mean, you can't. I, I, if what you're saying is is his philosophy, and I'm not, I, I believe you. If what you're saying is his philosophy, when you're giving up 27 points per game, and we gave up 27 again, so right on our average, and you are the 31st team in points allowed per game. There's only one team, the Commanders, that gives up more points per game than you do. Um, at what point do you have to wake up and say this philosophy is not working? Because I think it, that point it, was last year, bro. Yeah, you're, you're giving up for a touchdown a quarter. And, you know, we aren't the Kansas City years ago when they had Tyreek Hill, where a touchdown a quarter was no big deal. They could score three touchdowns in four minutes. You know, they can't even do that now. But well, yeah, Matt Nagy is offensive coordinator, so they struggle mm-hmm. to score at all now. Uh, they they didn't get a touchdown. Thirty nine points on the Denver Broncos. Three field goals. Yep. You know, but you, I mean, bottom line, you know, when you when you when you come on, you you've got to wake up and say a touchdown a quarter, especially with you know Getsy and our offensive game plan is unsurmountable. We're not we're not coming near. We're barely chipping twenty one points a quarter. So you're. Six points down. You're a full touchdown upside down every game. You you got to look at it and say either you know I'm I'm gonna make you the deep ball is less accurate than the short ball. I'm gonna make you beat me. You know. Um, you got to. You got to. You got to force them to make tough throws and catches. You got to give your safeties chances to get interceptions. You got to give your DBs the trust to to be downfield and let them try to make a play. I, I don't understand. Most of what this coaching, this coaching staff's philosophy is, is is really backwards a lot of times. And last year we really chalked it up a lot to like, oh, they didn't have the personnel. Well, this year you got the personnel. You just spent twenty draft picks and and a hundred million dollars. You got to have some more results than this. You got to. Yeah. What you think, Souls? Man, you're just looking in a daze there, man. You're hey, daze. Man, I, I was gonna let y'all finish. I was gonna let y'all finish before mentioning. The four interceptions Beijing threw. You know, I'm all about the defense needs to do better. And but when you get three different opportunities to tie the game up because you're down one touchdown, that can't be all on the defense. The defense got off the field a few times, gave us some opportunities. Yes, I would I don't like them giving up 28 points a game. But this is the new age uh, NFL where they score a lot of points, um, especially on us. And we have to score points, too. At the, end, at the end of the day, sometimes it might be a high-scoring game where the offense has to produce. It can't always just be, oh, we're going to get Santos to give us a few field goals and win the game. I mean, yeah, that would be ideal on a night like this where we can't get the we can't get it done. But he threw four interceptions. And I know he's, he's young. He's a rookie. Um, you know, he hasn't had much, much experience in playing time. So things happen. But, man, Beijing has to come through. And the Bears' offense has to come through. In those situations, in my opinion, at least the third or fourth time you got an opportunity to tie the game up. I got to see something. You can't. 
four interceptions or three interceptions, two fumbles. It was out of control, man. Every time that the defense did do something and get off the field, we didn't capitalize. And, and that's the tale of the tape to me for the season. Um, but the both sides of the ball not being in sync. We can either say, oh, it was a great game for DJ Moore. Oh, it was a great game for the defense. Oh, you know, but they need to all come to play together at, on the same day, at the same time, at the same stadium for the same team. We're getting, we're, I don't know what's happening right now, but like I said, you guys are wrong, but um, I'm not, I can't just totally pin this one on the defense with all the chances that we had late in the game. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. 100% you're, you're not wrong. And well, one of the things, again, the formula this year for winning is that somebody Wait, puts on a Superman jersey. They just be like, bam, I'm Super Bear. We put good. on a Super Bear jersey. We won two games. One game where DJ Moore had three touchdowns. Another game where Dante Foreman had touchdowns. Cole Komet had two. If he had gotten one more, we win, right? Because he got his three touchdown game. But unfortunately, what we're asking is for somebody to put on a Superman shirt and, and set a record. That's what this whole this what this whole administration has been about. Last year it was all oh, strip it down to the studs and ask Justin to put on the Superman jersey all last year, all year long. And that was the only thing we could do to even be competitive in games. And this year, we've actually got a couple of people who who legitimately can put on jerseys other than Fields and really wear the cape. And Fields is hurt and the defense is out here just flopping. So I mean I... It, it's it's it, I, I'm it's time. It's time. You know, honestly, it's time I've, I've been, you know, we, we, we've we been looking at the offense and saying, hey, Getsy's doing a terrible job calling this offense and preparing these guys. And honestly, um, the defense actually is worse than the offense. Um, and you, you can't, you yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, the defense is, is worse than the offense. They've been worse. performance. <laughs> Doug, we got like 10 total turnovers in in Matt Eberflus's entire like tenure here. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's an extremely low number. We need to have some guys that can really play some ball. Did you all see uh them snap them? I saw a bowling ball of a uh, snap to, to Beijing in that game. Yeah. And it's just it, you can tell it happened so much. He didn't even bat an eye. He just reached down, scooped it up like a ground ball to a shortstop, <laughs> and tried to make a play. Like, man, what is going on? This can't keep happening every week. We get we Henderson to play quarterback, man. He's he a free agent now. You know, and honestly, I, as much as I love Poles and some of the things he's done, the you know your mistakes make you know you, your mistakes make you right. So you know, a mistake one, giving away Roquan Smith. As much as he was the hardest guy to negotiate with on the face of the earth, I am not disagreeing that the whole, you know, Roquan negotiation thing was a catastrophe on Roquan's Roquan's half. You, you, he was a leader and now is a leader for one of the best defenses in the NFL. He's still rolling and guys step up to play with him on his level. And he left, and we haven't had a defense since he walked out the door, you know, period, no matter who you install. Um, so, the, you know, and now we – nothing against Montrez Sweat. I respect his 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 book, but I don't think he's Roquan. Otherwise, the commanders – I mean, but that was what Tremaine Evans. Would be performing. And don't get me wrong, like, Tremaine Evans has been okay, uh, but T.J. Edwards has been the better linebacker thus far. TJ, TJ's been the better linebacker, and honestly, I think we're tougher when TJ and Sanborn are out there. Sanborn. So, the, the difference is in the pass. The difference yeah. is in the pass. Sanborn, that's where he's not as proficient, is stopping those passes. No argument, but are we st- – but but it's no argument, but how are we doing stopping the pass? We're, the, we're, we're one of the worst pass – we stopped the run. We're the worst pass <laughs> – we're the worst, worst pass defense in the league. Yeah, but at least it doesn't matter who's out there. Uh, when Tremaine is out there. So I, I get – I get what he's trying to do with Tremaine Emmons out there, but look, all I'm all I'm saying is you you paid eighty million dollars for a guy to replace Roquan, and he didn't replace Roquan. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, period. And nothing against Tremaine. I like the guy, and I think he's super talented, but he doesn't play like a Bears middle linebacker. I, mean, I like, get the value. I get the value statement where you get two linebackers for less than the price of one, but. Is this a case where the parts don't equal up to the whole? This is definitely a case where the parts don't equal up to the whole. Number one, again, we're the Bears, right? 
when people come to Chicago, they should be afraid for their bones. And when Roquan was flying around, people were thinking about how they were going to get hit. This echoes back to Dick Butkus, Mike Singletary, Brian Urlacher. You were concerned with how and why you were going to get hit as a professional athlete at the top of the game. I, I will absolutely never forget the playoff game against the Saints where uh, uh, their big wide receivers were thought, uh, we catch the balls over the middle, no problem. And Briggs and Erlacher, was it Colston? Was that the guy, kid? And Briggs and Marcus Colston? I think so. And he came across the middle, and it's zero degrees outside, and Briggs and Erlacher smashed that boy to the ground, and he bounced off the frozen tundra, and that boy didn't come across the middle no more. He's like, yeah. nah, never mind. Yeah. take me back to New Orleans where the ground is soft and men like that don't hit you when you catch the ball. (laughs) You know, that's Bears football. When you get tackled, you're like, okay, look, I don't mind getting tackled by these DBs, but I don't want to get hit by the linebackers. That's how you're supposed to think. And that's what I love about Sanborn, man. When Sanborn comes, he's coming to thump you. He's coming. He's going to thump you. He's going to – and you just – it's Bears football, man. You got to have that. You got to have toughness, and which is one of the reasons why I do like Sweat. I mean, he's got energy, but you know, it's to be seen yet whether 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 he's going to go smoke somebody. And you know, you know that that we haven't had that. It's tough because so you you let you let go of of Smith. It cost us more than letting go of Mac or Quinn. You know and. You know, you you let go of Montgomery, and as much as I love everybody else that we're running with, we have a great group of running backs. Nobody was as tough as Montgomery. Nobody said I was. I thought Roshan was going to be, but then he knocked himself out, and he hasn't quite been the same since he knocked himself out. Montgomery would knock him. You wouldn't even know he knocked himself out. He'd just get up and keep going. And Detroit's loving it, you know, because you know they're they're and the bottom to Monty when when you need it. You know, and their rookies had time to develop because Monty's been going crazy. Yeah. Look, I, say this, I, I don't want to get to these guys. Unfortunately, in Chicago, we get a little we get a little spoiled um, with with some of the the story history we have here because you're right. Bears football is Erlacher and Briggs and uh, uh, Buckets and Hester and, and and these types of guys and and Chicago sports are are two three peaks in the 90s and you get what i'm saying the super bowl shuffle and we've seen all of our teams uh um win you get what i'm saying and i just think we need to realize that not everybody are those guys and, and that's okay that's okay but you have to be able to to build it to construct a team that works to win in the time that you're playing you get what i'm saying so i'm okay if guys aren't erlacher and briggs but how do you impact the game and, and right now you're to your point our defense isn't impactful in that way and, and that's what i did want to say because i like roquan i like montgomery i like those guys we didn't win with them either so i don't want to lose focus on what the importance is and what we're talking about because those guys didn't as great as they play and as much as we like them they didn't get it done for us either so it's, it's time for for the front office the gms polls uh flus to, to put it all together and, and to take the guys that they have and use them to the best of their abilities. Unfortunately, our linebackers, is, but Sam Bourne does hit, but they're not Erlacher and Briggs, man. I believe guys are really petrified playing against Erlacher and Briggs. Now it's just like, nah, we just, we, these guys have to make good plays. You know what I'm saying? I don't think anybody is afraid of the product we're putting out there. Maybe we'll get back to that someday. But right now, I don't think people are afraid of these guys. We need to come out there as a team and, and be a good defense. What, what trips me out? What trips me out though is that we know that we know that these guys aren't the the Hall of Fame caliber players that we've had in the past. Like that twenty oh five whatever whatever it was defense twenty oh six defense literally carried this team to a Super Bowl with an offense that was just as bad as Matt Nagy's. Right? Yeah. Like there were games where the, where they just wouldn't score. They just didn't have it in them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying right. multiple games like early in the year, throughout the year, into the playoffs. And the defense was just like, that's cool. We got it. This is how you take the ball and put it in the end zone. Why? Right, literally. You got to do it. Like, what about know? the Arizona game where 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 the uh, to win the game, we needed three touchdowns. And yeah, the defense got, got two and has to ran one back. Right. We know these dudes aren't those dudes, right? So with the, with the issue that we have, 
is that the coaching staff can't seem to identify, like, these are the guys we have. These, this is what they're good at. And we're going to have them do a whole freaking lot of that. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like they're like, they're like, oh, well, we've got our system and we think our brains are so good that we'll just out scheme all the players' deficiencies. Like that's really their mindset. And they're just gonna think away all the problems with this roster. That's not how it works. That's no. not how it works. Like, what are you supposed to just suck until all the players are perfect? What? No. And, and, and you're never you're never gonna reach it's that. Insanity. It's insanity. I can't stand it. You're never going to reach that. I, my office mate, his brother, played under Parcells with the Jets. And Parcells told him, man, don't don't try to be everything. Show me that you're better than guys with one thing, and I'll find a way to get you the ball four or five times a game. There you just, go. You know, that's it. You don't, you don't got to be a hero. Just, we won't just do it. Show, right. me, show me this one thing you are super good at, and I'll find you the way to get the ball four or five times a game. You know, right. the same type of thing. You got Dante Foreman, who, who, man, when that guy gets outside and gets ahead of steam, he's gone, man. You, you're, not, you're not bringing him down, and you're not catching him. You know, you got DJ Moore, who, when he heats up, he's uncoverable. Yep. You got Cole Komet that, wow, wow. Big I mean, his, his catch radius and his ability to grab balls out of nowhere is phenomenal. You have weapons. You know, you got Khalil Herbert, who's just a great all-around back. Uh, you, you know, we, 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 you got Darnell Mooney, who's a speedster. Why is it that we see one shot where we actually hit him? We should be throwing the ball to, to Mooney the way we used to throw the ball to uh, uh, in the, back in, in the Peyton days, Willie Gall. We would laugh because we'd say, Willie Gall can't catch. So, you know, if you're going to deep to Gault, you got to throw two or three. <laughs> you know, like, and McMahon would be like, "All right, you, you didn't catch that one. Let's do it again." Right. <laughs> Willie would come back to the huddle, and he, re, you know, he would share later. He's like, "Yeah, I walked back to the huddle. I got that guy all day. Just throw it as many times." <laughs> and you know, they, they throw it a couple, three times. Man, Willie, Willie dropped it again. Throw it again. You know, right. you right. know, he's gonna get one. He's the fastest man on the field when he catches this ball. It's six points. You know, and and right. and you know. Mooney, I mean, why do we throw one great deep pass to him and then call it a a, a, a month? You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's so beautiful. We'll get back to that next month. The biggest thing about Getsy that kills me is that no matter how successful we are when we do things well, he will find a way to call something else. Like, it is <laughs> infuriating, bro. And, he will, and it'll most likely be a screen. And it'll be followed by another screen, and it'll be followed by another screen after that. There's so, gosh. Like, like, man, like you just you just can't get it yet. Like the whole first the whole first half, right? In the in the same. How about game. a how about a deep dig route over the middle? No, forget forget even that. Forget no, even no, that. because I'll, I'll that. Middle how many interceptions are deep dig routes over the middle at the late in the game? I'll talk I'll talk about the middle of the field in a second. We won't get to that. But first, let's talk about the fact that this man had a game plan specifically designed to get Tyson Bajan on rollouts and keepers and bootlegs to get him out of the pocket and get the pocket on the move, right? First of all, where was this game plan in weeks one and two and five? Oh, where was it, six with, with the Vikings, where he just wouldn't move fields out of the pocket at all? Where was this game plan in? Because it's wild that you got this for Tyson Bajan, but not for Justin Fields. Incredible, incredible. But moreover than that, in the second half, suddenly he was in the pocket the entire time. It was like he just was just like, man, well, that worked. You better stop. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's even, his idea. Even if the defense adjusts and like they're you know bringing different fronts and different pressures, you got to get creative in ways to get your quarterback on the edge. You've got to adjust too. You got to be like, okay, well, they're gonna bring six from this side. They're gonna overload blitz this side. Okay, so bring in Mercedes Lewis. He's basically an offensive tackle at tight end. Have some combo blocks where the receiver crashes down to secure that corner so that you can get somebody else out into the flat. Like, think, man. If you really this smart that you're just going to be so much better than the players with your scheme, your scheme really just got to be better. But uh, if it's not, then quit playing with us, man. Just let the guys go out there and do what they do best. Son, son, I got it. I totally understand. Uh, I see now what the issue is. It's definition. So Marion Webster says that adjustment is the act or process of adjusting. <laughs> it also says a correction or modification to reflect 
actual conditions. This is he just doesn't he, he just doesn't know the actual definition of adjustment. That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, I, I could have told you that a long time ago. <laughs> you know what it what it seems like to me is is that this the whole scheme concept and you're gonna be smarter than the players. I don't I don't see that. I don't see that as being sensible. But what it appears like to me is you're right. He has weapons, and it's almost like hmm. I have these weapons, but I don't know which one is the best one for me to use. I don't know what I should use in this situation. It's like, hmm, someone's coming in with a gun. I use the knife. And it's just like, dude, <laughs> come on. You get what I'm saying? It's like you have weapons. How about, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm just going to take this shotgun with me in case anything happens. And, you know, it's just kind of that concept for me. It's like, there to me, there isn't a scheme like that of in, in sports where it's like, hey, if we just do this, it's smarter than anybody. That, that's, that's silly. You get what I'm saying? Everybody's playing the same game. And when they figure out what you're doing and adjust, then that's not going to be the situation anymore. And I just feel like, to me, the, the limited amount of times that we've gone to Mooney, what you talk about, about going deep to Mooney, and, and the limited amount of times, how long it took us to start realizing we should use DJ more, more often. It's like you don't realize what your weapons can do. You don't realize when to use which weapon. You get what I'm saying? And to me, that's what it seems like. There's no scheme to that. It's knowing which weapon is going to do what. If you have to get the golden gun and, and one shot kill everybody, sometimes that's what it, that's what it takes. And to y'all point about going with what you know, go with what works. That's what the weapons are. That's what, I mean, in real life, if we were to have weapons in, in that way, that's what war is like. It's like, yeah, we're not going to take a knife to a gunfight. That's a saying for a reason. We do it every week. It's like, hmm, let me just uh, find something out here. It's like, no, have a plan. Have a plan and go with your best weapons. Go with your strongest point of plan of attack. It can, you see like Getsy, can you see Getsy in a, uh, a a Dracula movie coming out there with a spoon? Yeah, the stuff of that I was say, what, dying? <laughs> like, I got a spoon. He's like, oh, no, we don't need the steak. <laughs> we don't need the silver bullets. I mean, it seems like that. That. Every weekend, we got to get them with spoons. Every weekend, we're in a fight. And it's like every weekend. We don't see all of our weapons. That's weird to me. Or, like, or to me. Or when it's working, we stop. You know, yeah. I'm not saying I, I understand you got to introduce some other stuff in, but don't stop doing what's working before right. they stop it. Right. They may right. not be able to stop it. They may not have the personnel to stop it. They may not be able to stop it. Don't assume that it's not going to work anymore. Right. Your personnel may just be better than their personnel. Right. And, and that's that. And it's over. You know, when you, you're trying to shoot a, in a three-point contest against Steph Curry. There was one time where he did that, and it was the Raiders game. The only time all year where, like, it was something that was working, and he just kept doing it. Actually, no, I'll say the Raiders game and the Redskins game, when DJ Moore was going crazy, and the Raiders game, when all the short dink and dunks were working in the run game. And he didn't come off the run game, and he didn't come off the dink and dunks in the Raiders game, and Justin didn't come off DJ Moore, and the play calls didn't come off DJ Moore for the Redskins game. And lo and behold, we won those games. Well, think about it. How many times last year were we complaining that, you know, uh, uh, let's say Montgomery was having a phenomenal day, but he was only going to get 11, 12, 13 carries. He's getting eight yards a carry, but you're going to bitch him at 88 yards. It was like you don't want him to get a, have a 100-yard day? You know, what's, what's, what, what are you doing? You got, a, you got a guy with 88 yards on 12 carries, and you're having him have a seat. The question I have is if the entire fan base all can see and agree. We don't have two quarterbacks that have the same problems. Let me let me quote some let me quote some at you real quick because I think this on uh somebody's account on Twitter or something, and I just want y'all to hear this this uh for for Tyson Bajan's last two games, and I'll put this graphic on the screen for everybody else. He has a passer rating over the middle of the field of 32.3. He has, he's gone four of eight for 54 yards, zero touchdowns and three interceptions over the middle of the field, right? Everywhere else, he's got a passer rating of 82.5, 39 of 59 for 400 yards, two touchdowns, two ends, right? Okay, so the rookie is not really good at working the middle of the field. Weird, because when you look at Justin Field over the six games of 2023, uh, middle of the field, he's 4 of 10 for 62 yards, 4 ints, and a 21.7 rating. Everywhere else, 96 of 152, 1,200 yards, basically, 11 TDs, 2 ints, and 104 rating. So 
if both of your quarterbacks are bad at the same thing, suddenly you start thinking like, hmm, maybe it's not the quarterback. Quarterback, especially when they're yeah. very different people. Right, they're, they're very, very different. different players, very different strengths. Justin Fields, obviously, big play hunter, deep ball specialist, like just just absolute dynamo. Looking at drop back, wasn't slow his rookie year. Slow now, now the guess he done messed with him. But you got two, so so the, the whole fan base can see this. It's obvious. It's borne out in the stats. At what point, as the GM, are you failing if you don't address this? Well, you, you're when, failing when say, when now. Say, yeah, I was about to say, man. Like, you have failed because you have not addressed this situation. You're failing now as the GM. Now, the question is, are you just keeping your gun in your holster and you've already got the paper written and you've already decided if this doesn't, you know, if by Thanksgiving this isn't turned around, you're fired on the last day of the year. Thanksgiving, right? No, oh, I mean you're you gonna wait till the whole season is gone to make the change. That the season's gone, man. It's we're two and seven. The season's gone. We don't as as good as you know. If if D'Amico Ryan showed up in town, the likelihood that we win out, we definitely win out. You know, we got eight games left. To, to, but, to, but for anything to be worthwhile about this season, three games that I consider remotely tough. The, the Packers, Jordan Love is trash. The Packers suck. The Lions are, they're pretty good, but we've seen good teams take advantage of them. The Vikings have lost. Kirk Cousins good and the Vikings, no, I, I know, but it's the Lions, bro. We could take one off. The, the Vikings have lost uh, Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. So they basically have no juice left. We dang near would have freaking beat them with a rookie quarterback last time. Uh, and then we got who else? The Panthers. The Cardinals, uh, like it's it's a cupcake schedule going down the stretch. Like when you realize out, the Vikings, realize the Vikings are on a three game win streak, right? Five, six, four game. Yes, dude. Oh, oh. I'm really not. I'm not terrified of Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. I'm not. I'm not. We should have beat them the first time through. But but that says something for their organization that people are dropping like flies, and they're still finding a way to win. That's who we're not. That's literally who we're not. not. It's disgusting, man. And I don't understand how we could see this much ineptitude at all levels of the organization and go, hey, we're not going to make no changes. We're just going to ride this out. Like the Raiders hired Josh McDaniels, and they got to win the next week. They they brought in in one of their other coaches. He stepped in, had the practice squad players on the sideline at the game, and they came out and kicked butt. Yeah, so I'm absolutely – Making a change isn't going to make it better because it clearly will. So and I'm not saying, you know what? I think you got to have the right coach. I, I honestly hope Harbaugh is willing to come to Chicago. I hope Harbaugh is willing to come because, uh, man, he knows how to he knows how to coach a running quarterback. He does, but I'm not I'm not really worried about that. I don't, I don't think Justin is limited in that way where he, no. he needs a quarterback coach to know how to coach. I don't think you have you know, to have you, that. You, you need somebody with building the offense to do what he does well, which is throw the ball deep, which is attack the intermediate area of the field and the sidelines and 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 freaking run the ball and use his legs as a third read and as an extra option. And, well, and I, I mean, even with what we're doing now, how about as simple as, you, you know what, you, you're throwing either too shallow or too deep over the middle. It's either, it's too shallow for deep and it's too deep for short. Yeah, no, I know. And that's why you're getting picked all the time. You, you're throwing it right to... You're throwing it far enough that the people staring at your quarterbacks can can make a read and get there. And you got guys running, you know, you know, it, it's make levels. If you're going to have a guy do a 15 yard curl, someone should be dragging under him. Yep. Yep. And it's six yep. or seven yards. Get somebody's eyes. Get somebody's eyes coming forward. Get left and, left yeah, I mean, you, you, you got to make it. Yeah. The ball fly, drag commit. He's got the radius to go up and catch the ball. It could look like it's going to the deep guy. Hickman's got it. DJ Moore. I guarantee you, DJ exactly. Moore under the formation, the entire linebacking core and the safety is pulling up on him. Oh the man! Team. And Mooney will be sitting there in the back. Yeah. Stay well, there. you know, you, you send Mooney on a deep post. You send Cole Komet on your favorite fifteen-yard sit. Right. <laughs> you know, oh, and I you drag that. and you drag more under all of it at about six, seven yards. And the quarterback only has to look to one area. He's looking in the middle. One of these three guys is open. 
Yeah, 100%. 100%. And it's, and you it's can stop throwing that picks that all the time over the middle. Look, <laughs> we, we know, we know, everybody knows at this point. Everybody knows Getsy is the problem, right? But do we wait until he is, I mean, until the end of the year? Are we trying to get rid of Fields? I purposely trying to get rid of Fields at this point. I think he, you don't know that they're trying to get rid of Fields. I, I, I actually feel it's very – look, the, the fact that you took Sweat and paid him. That's it, not – like, what does that do for Fields? What does that do for Justin, honestly? What, it, what here's what it, – it's not about what it does for Justin. Is It's it's the fact that you're you're still building the team you're building. Like, that just says I'm still building this team. Because if I really, really, really was going to blow it up again, I'm not going to make a $100 million investment. I say blow it up. But if you draft in a quarterback in January, then you're committed to losing all these games. So you're going to keep the same crappy staff. Who are you going to draft in January? That's, that's, you know. Drake May? Right, right. So what, what if they take – what if Caleb is, is around at the, the two or the three? You're going to take Caleb? No, Caleb, is going, Caleb, Caleb or Drake is going number one. In right, season. let's say Drake goes number one. Are you taking Caleb? I wouldn't, personally. Right. No. So, but you know, are you taking, are you taking Caleb? Hey. He goes, oh, well, Justin was my quarterback, and we haven't had success, and it was definitely on Justin. And, uh, but now hey, that Caleb has had an extended look, and that kid can't throw. He has the same exact problems as Fields does in this offense, where he holds hey. the ball long sometimes, he takes unnecessary sacks, he can't hit the middle of the field, the, the, the protection always breaks down at critical moments, there's no adjustments in the second half. It's the exact same problems Fields has in this offense. So what you gonna put another guy in that in that system? Why don't we get? But even if you do, think about if you take Caleb Williams. You can't bring a guy to Chicago who cries to his mom when things go wrong. I swear, God. I I mean, this Chicago man. We're we're the Erlacher, Dick Butkus. You know, we we run the ball and and kill the other team. Cannot have a. We didn't. We didn't like Cutler and, and Cuddy would just like look dry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he wasn't he wasn't like there's people that don't like there's people that don't like the the I guess what you're saying about you know masculinity, whatever all that, because he was crying like it's a whole big debate going on about whether he was cool to be crying like that. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, Chicago is a city of tough some guns. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't out here with painted nails representing everybody. It's not going to fly. It's not going to fly. It's not. And the minute, and you think the toughest part about Chicago, and I'm sure Justin knows already, is not what happens on Sunday. It's when you turn on the TV on Monday morning and you try to go to the grocery store to buy some food or sit down in a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> You've been losing. Like, well, he should have spent more time uh, studying studying his protection schemes instead of painting his nails to get rid of the game. Man, if, if you. That's, that's going to be the first thing they say. If you lose here, when you lose here, you have to be tough, thick skin. You yeah. you you can't you you can't you can't. I mean, we've had guys that weren't thick skinned to come in, and they just had to leave town. They, they, they had to leave. It wasn't nothing against them. It was just like, man, you you can't take the things that are going to be on the Tribune and the, and 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 on social media and and. And on the news, because nobody's going to be nice to you. Because we're not going to lie about it. <laughs> nobody's going to be. They're not going to be nice. Doing. They're not going to be friendly. They're going to be. Oh well, look how we treated Justin. You know, <laughs> it kills me. <laughs> and look how we treating Beijing right now. It kills me. You know? yeah. Beijing is having people singing his praises the last couple of weeks. All but the that's way. Oh yeah, they're not saying anything. Oh man, they're heating them up now. <laughs> Like Beijing played mostly a good game. Okay, I feel uh-huh. like the coaches that failed him. Picks and that fumble. Yeah, I mean, three, look, three picks and a fumble. Six yards of carry against this against the Saints defense. If you get a six yards of carry, why is your why is your rookie D two quarterback throwing thirty passes? They wouldn't let you throw twenty five passes in a game last year. Because I was trying to be like, like, hey, I know he's got a gun, but let me see if I can sneak this nice one. That's what Luke Getzey thinks. Every time, every time man. Right. Luke Getzey thinks he's gonna create the next Aaron Rodgers. He you don't know. create it. You don't create an Aaron Rodgers. Guess what? 
Houston lucked out. They didn't know C.J. Stroud was going to break a, a rookie records held that that have you know that 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 have been held up, outperforming guys like Marino. <laughs> Come on, man! You just you just you don't that's know that's going to happen. If, if they knew that was going to happen, Carolina would have took Stroud. Yeah, obviously. obviously. <laughs> right. You don't know this is going to occur. So you, you can't create the next Rodgers. You can't. That, that's, just, that's not how this works. You can take a guy's talent, and you can hope that a guy is better than NFL average. And if he is, you need to figure out how to do something with him. Because NFL average is pretty doggone high. It's like best in the world, right? An average guy in the NFL is best in the world athlete. So if you're better than NFL average, and you can't you use that. Use what, what, are you, what are you doing? And this is the same thing on offense, on defense, on special teams. Like, we cannot get guys to perform to their best consistently. So so obviously replace the people who are trying to get them to perform to their best. Because it can't be that all of the guys suck all the time. That can't be the answer. That's, not, not. that's not even reasonable to assume. It's they not don't. even reasonable to assume. It's crazy. They don't suck, they don't suck all the time. We know this. You know, we, we've decided to grab guys from uh, championship-level teams and grab guys from not championship-level teams. So it, it's – come on. We, you, got, you, you got a unique Ngakwe who's never had a season under eight sacks. He's got like one or two sacks on a year. You got Demarcus Walker who just came off of a seven-sack season with the Titans. He's got either zero or one sack on a year. You got freaking wide receivers that are underperforming their career averages. You've got a quarterback who's ultimately, ultimately supremely talented that you can't even get him to play consistently. So at what point, like Darnell Mooney had, what, 1,000 yards his day, his second year in the league, 600 his rookie year. He hasn't even cracked his rookie numbers with y'all. Obviously, you can't figure this out. How to use the players you have. Somebody said somebody said something that had me, had me shut. Uh, so it, man said, uh, Lou Gessie has all the ingredients and don't know how to cook. That was, that was, and that was, that's it in a nutshell. Like you say, he bringing, he, he chooses the wrong tool at the wrong time for the problems that are presented to him. Here's the, here's the good, but stupid news. I'm going to give you the good, but stupid news, right? Um, DJ Moore on pace for a 1300 yard season. He, he, he can have a fantastic season and we can still suck. Yeah. Right. He, he, he may have his most yards of any season. And if he gets three more touchdowns, he's got most TDs. And that's also like he's, you're wasting his talent. You, you use him to win. But you're, you're in a position, again, where you got to score three touchdowns from one guy. To win, one guy's got to throw, score three touchdowns for you to win. Because partially, because you're giving up four touchdowns, touchdown a quarter. So somebody got to be a superhero, and everybody else has to just contribute a little. It, it's just, it's a disaster, man. This is a disaster. They need to just clean house. Uh, honestly, look, honestly, Kevin Warren, if he don't look, if Ryan Poles don't make a change during this year, they Kevin gotta, Warren needs to. They need to clean yeah. house, like period. You gotta, you gotta fire somebody for the end of this year, man. This cannot be allowed. Not, well, they fired some people, but you ain't fired the right guys. You no, fired two people. Fired nobody. They, that was that was some some external factors. The, your running backs coach and your defensive coordinator have not been the problem this long. I'll tell you what, they better beat the dog on Carolina Panthers because I need a number one uh, draft pick out of those guys. Well, that, we're, we're, we're looking at the two and the third. number one pick for our damn self. No, we're not. Gonna I, know, I don't want that. I wanted to get it from them. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Me too. <laughs> Me right. Too. There's a, look, again, plus you still have to dig out of the culture of losing. The the, the yeah. phenomenal thing about uh, um, uh, what's going on in Houston is they've instantly jumped out of the culture of losing. That doesn't happen in sports. You don't instantly jump out of the culture of losing because there's a cultural reason why you're losing. It's more than just. You know, I mean, you look at what happened to get the Cubs to the World Series. Three guys were left from the team before that, that had played previous to the new management, new ownership. Three. There, there was only three guys on the entire team that could make the transition to a winning squad that's going to make it all the way. 
it, it, it's hard to take guys that are used to losing and get them to win. It, it, it's it's not an easy thing and we've got you know it, it, we need to we need to turn it around now and you know if if again i'm not saying don't cut people now but who are you going to put in them you you literally let eberflus choose everybody so who who's going to step up who's next man if you got to bring somebody from outside honestly you you just got to bring somebody new you can't have like i would say I've been saying this for weeks. The special teams coordinator, Hightower, I'm moving the head coach in a room. I put him there or I bring in a, a former player. That's what I would do. And and let like bring somebody who is real cerebral, who really understands the game. I'm not sure who that would be. You know what I'm saying? But that's that would be that would be my choice. Either bring somebody from the outside or bring the former player uh to be your defense coordinator. And then and then promote Janako, the quarterback's coach. Let him take a shot at calling the plays. He understands the scheme, but bring in an offensive consultant like he did for the defense to help design the game plans, right? Bring somebody in who's going to say, okay, well, you know, this is this is what we need from from the offense. This is how we try to, you know, like I don't, I don't know where Greg Roman is right now. That would be a great call. He was with the he was with the Ravens, helped develop Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, at least he's going to understand how to use Fields' legs. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least he'll have a good sense of how to use the RPOs. To, to move the ball and to get Justin Fields to throw the quick game in, in a way that takes advantage of his natural talents. But right now, man, dudes that are on the roster, like, I, I feel like the co- the players could dang near call a better game than this. I mean, yeah, you you could. <laughs> you harken back to basketball when Bill Russell was player coach on the Celtics. Now, he earned that, right? Like, he literally was a great coach and a great player, and they won championships with him doing it. But you know, you you you. There's probably someone really smart who really understands football on that field. That there's they got to be. If you, can't identify, if you can't identify one guy in the entire history of the Bears organization who can who can step in right now and start to right this ship, then you shouldn't be the freaking GM in the first place. Yeah, there you go. Hey, how about how about picking up the phone and asking uh, Special Agent Tillman if he's willing to come back and coach some football? Come, come coach the defense. He understands. Hey, we, got, we got secret agent Bajan and special agent Tillman. I'd like right. that. Man, get somebody, man, because it's crazy, man. All the, all the, all the incredibly intelligent cerebral players we've had. You know what I'm saying? We can't get one guy to come in and coach a cover two. Come on, man. Come on, come on. Hey, it's- I think you hit it on the head. You know, you take the smartest guy from, you know, one of those great teams. You know, again. He's got to want to coach, but you take the smartest guy from one of those teams you, you, that were great. And I, I'm not saying the cover two that worked then will work exactly now, but you've got to be able to update it for the modern NFL. Yeah. Uh, but he, you can't do much. Look, we're 31st in the league giving up points, and we have the number one run defense. How crazy is that? Yeah. It's not. <laughs> I mean, you have games. It's not that crazy because they'd be passing all over us and right. we play we left. Right. They're like, well, we can't run on them, so throw the ball. I, I think that's what uh, uh I think that's what happened uh, last week. It almost week. seems like they only run because they got a running back on the team who wants to participate because it's like they don't have to. Hey, that was like <laughs> the Chargers, man. The Chargers looked up and said, yeah, why not throw the ball because these guys can't stop us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then the very, the very, what, two weeks from now, or no, it's the, this week. This past week, the Chargers then came into into uh, New York against the Jets. Couldn't throw it at all. I think Herbert had like 130 yards. They ended up winning the game off defense. Couldn't couldn't move the ball through the air, but just destroyed us. So I should just tell you how big of a gap there is between any kind of decent team and us. Like if if the gap is that large after this long, get out of my face, man. You ain't doing your job. Period. I, you gotta, you gotta call it. No more excuses. You gotta man up and, and just own it. This is not, you know, it was an experiment. Eberflus was an experiment. Getsy was an experiment. They've never done these jobs before, and it didn't work. You know, gotta move on. This is, but this is worse than mistakes. Like what? What kind of accountability do we have? Like, have you heard the the post game press conferences from these dudes? What else are they gonna say? What are they gonna say? It's all my fault. Fire me. 
yeah, they need to, bro. But they be like, oh, the players don't execute. They just, the players just suck. And I wish we had some different guys out there. That's what it sounds like every time. Like, really? Yeah, I would, I would, that sentence right there to me, if I'm your boss, I'm firing. He says it every week. I know, I know. But I'm, I'm saying, Poles is going to get, look, Poles, if Poles is ride or die with Eberflus, he's about to die. Bro, they all need to get shot in a, in a rocket ship off of the space. And never if, if, if I'm if I'm poles, if I'm poles, you know I, I'm like Flus. You know you you were taking over the defense. Something was supposed to change. I gave you sweat. You know I gave you a hundred million dollar man. This is the conversation I'd be having in the back. My bad about the lighting. I gave you sweat. I gave you a hundred million dollar man. You got to produce and. <laughs> You got to produce, man. And it's got to be now. Right, right, right. Like this week, like Thursday. It's another nine day day bye. And I swear to God, if we come out after another nine day freaking off, like bye week, and we run that crap that we had the first freaking drive against Minnesota, against the Lions when we come back from that, I swear to God, man, I'm going to drive down to Hallis Hall and fire myself. All right, I'm going with you. Bro, I, I will leave the entire Bears. I will have a rally at Soldier Field, and we will march like the like freaking Martin Luther King yeah, all the way to Alice Hall to get rid of them coaches. I will barge through the door, grab all their computers and stuff, all that, oh, whatever they got in their office, and I'll throw that crap on the lawn and light it on fire, man, because it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Well, I'm uncle. I'm nephew. I'm son. And we're talking Bears. Oh, man, disgusting. I, I wish we had some fun stuff to talk about, y'all. Which we, we do, we do. And I, and I meant to say it on the episode. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of talking about the best thing this season being the fact that we're on pace to get another number one draft pick. Oh, oh God! Bro. What are we gonna do with it? Marvin Harrison Jr. Me and Brad already discussed this, and yeah. that, that's still how I feel. Yeah, I, Marvin, I agree. Now, at this point, I agree. Marvin Harrison, get him. It's not close. It's not 